Okay, good evening everyone. We are beginning Parshas Vayera. And you've got uh, your sheets in front of you, or if you like to look at the big screen over there. And of course, everyone loves these Parshios. Lots of stories and lots of important lessons. And as we mentioned in a previous class on a Shabbos afternoon, that we really, the purpose of Sefer Breshis is to learn proper Midos as divine Midos that Hashem wants us to have. Esther, you're gonna have to uh, no make room, sure, put it on the I table. Will. To put it on the table. I will, I will. Okay, no. not a problem. Or if you want, you move the chair to the back if your neck is going to... However you want it, however you want to make it happen. Of course, when we go into smaller rooms, we have more people. It always works out that way. When we have the bigger room, it's less people. Okay. Anyway, what we're trying, what Safer Breshis, the goal of Safer Breshis, as we've learned from... Uh, the uh, Hasidish Forum is to learn what the divine Midos are in terms of the Spheros going from Chesed through Malchus. And we know that Avram is the champion of Chesed. So every year we try to learn more in depth what is the Chesed that we would like to sh- display. There's different levels of Chesed but there is the divine level of chesed that we need the holy shepherds to teach us and Avram Avinu is going to teach us in this week's Parsha now there's an overall question why do we have to wait until this week's Parsha to learn the divine lessons but the Torah goes into great detail about this one story so let's just quickly go through the Psukim and then we'll learn a Rambam and we're going to see lots of problems with the Rambam, and we'll show you how the Rambam is teaching us some very profound lessons about chesed. I'm sure all of us practice chesed in our lives, and uh, many of us probably do a pretty good job. So the hope is that we can go from a pretty good job to a divine job, to do it the way God does it. And that's what we're trying to achieve here. So let us begin and just quickly go through the psukim either right on your sheet or from the screen over here. Vayera This is after last week's parsha. We have enough sheets. We should have. No, I made ten. Okay. Yeah, this should be exactly enough. Okay, what do they say? No joiners now. Right? <laughs> whatever. If theirs, we'll take for sure. Anyway, so Avram circumcised himself at the age of ninety-nine at the end of last week's parsha. So now we begin this week's uh, parsha. But it's okay. You stay exactly where you are. I could look at it this way. I could do it this way. There's so many ways that we could do it. No, no, it's fine. You don't have to move at all. And Hashem appeared to him in Elone Mamre, in the plains of Mamre. And he is sitting by the entrance to the tent in the hottest time of the day. Now, why is Avram sitting by the tent? Because he was very sad that he did not have any guests, even though he was entitled to recuperate for himself. But uh, he wanted guests. Vayera Elov, Hashem appeared to him. What does it mean to appear to him? So Rashi explains that Hashem was mevaker chola, was visiting the sick. 
Avram was sick and Hashem, so Avram was having a, a, a prophecy, a, a moment where Hashem is connecting to him. Very high spiritual moment. But Avram is sitting by the entranceway because he's looking, maybe there's going to be some guests. By Yisa Enav, he lifted up his eyes. By Yarni, Savi, Neishlosha, Noshim, Nitzavi, Malav. There were three people, Nitzavi, Malav. So the English here says standing upon him, or or before him. I'll have to see what that means. By Yarni, he saw by Yaretzli crossing. He ran towards the Pesach from the entrance of the tent. By Yishtachu Ortsa, and he bowed down to the ground. By Yomar, and Avram said. Now there's two ways to read this. Either we're going to read it, Adonai imnamotzasi chaim benecha al savor decha, and that is the holy name of Hashem. Hashem, please, if I found favor in your eyes, do not pass before your servant. Or we could read it, Vayomar. He says, Adonai, my masters. He's talking to the people. Don't pass before me. Two interpretations. Now, based on the first interpretation, he's talking to Hashem. So he's telling Hashem, don't pass before me. So what is he saying? He's basically saying, Hashem, I'm really sorry. I so appreciate that you're visiting me. But I got to take care of guests. So uh, so don't leave me. Don't leave me. So there's an obvious question. Hashem on hold, yeah, but an obvious question is how can Hashem leave anyone? Doesn't Hashem fill the whole world with his presence? So that's a question we'll deal with a little bit later. So then he tells the uh, he tells these people, you at let a little bit of water be brought to you, wash your feet, and relax under the tree. And then he continues and says, I'll bring some some bread, you'll satiate yourself, then you'll pass. Etc. Etc. They say yes. Avram hurries. He hurries Sarah. He says, "Bake some bread," and then Avram runs to find an animal, and he finds a nice animal. He gives it to Yishmael to prepare the animal. He brings cheese, milk, other things, and then he gives them who made a lamb. He stands upon them under the tree. Okay. And then there's a whole discussion. Where is Sarah? He's just in the tent. And they tell him he's going to have a child in a year. Sarah doesn't believe it. There's a whole discussion. Finally, they say in a year, we're going to come back. You're going to have a child. We skip a few verses. The men got up. They're looking towards stone. And Avram is walking with them to send them off. Okay, so this is the Parsha of Gemilas Chesed. If, if we're ever going to know how to do Chesed, we have to look at all the nuances in this text to determine how far one has to go for chesed. So there's obvious things we would know without any further interpretation. What are the obvious things? Um, Well, Hashem is visiting him. I'm saying about hachnosas orchem, about having guests. What are the obvious messages in the simple reading of the text? To drop them off after. To accompany them. To accompany them. Okay. To go out of your way to... 
Okay, that's true. Anything else? How about? Ruts Avram. Runs. Vayimahir Avram. Avram is quick. Okay, he's doing these very quick. How healthy is Avram? Not, Not very healthy at all. So he's running to be with them. He's looking for guests. Yeah. As we saw earlier, he's looking for guests. And he's even willing to do that in, in spite of the fact he's putting Hashem on hold. So those are obvious things uh, we could learn. So, okay, so we could learn when we have guests, we should run for them, etc., etc. So here starts the overall question. The overall question is, how many of you have really done Hachnasas Orchim this way in your recent memory? What do I mean to say? I'm sure that many of you invite people to your home for Shabbos. Okay, think of the last person you invited to your home for Shabbos. Was it a poor Arab? Was, was, it, was it a stranger that was hungry? Did you have, when was the last time you had a hungry stranger in your house? Probably not recently, right? Um, through no fault of our own, we just live in an upper-class suburban area. We don't live in the inner city where there's the homeless, so to speak. Yeah. And we really don't have the opportunity to have real hachnasas orchim. Yes, you could have a case where a friend of yours is making a wedding and there's a lot of out-of-town guests coming and they need a place to stay. But even that, it's not like these people are impoverished. It's just, you know, you're, you're helping the Baal Simcha more than anyone else. But when was the last time you were standing outside your door looking for a guest to be able to bring into your house that you genuinely are giving them a kindness. So, which begs the issue, so what's wrong with us, or have we decided to live in a neighborhood where we cannot perform this mitzvah? Okay, now, if you're in Eretz Yisrael and you live in, in certain parts in Eretz Yisrael, there's a lot of poor people. And, um... You will not find it. Not, <laughs> not where you visit, Esther. <laughs> you go to certain places. Yeah. It, Baruch Hashem, there is so many chesed in Eretz Israel. They give them food, they bring it to them. They all, and Afrikad, nobody. Well, Bachagim, Bachagim, Esther, you, you don't stay in the poor areas. <laughs> I don't stay. <laughs> I'm saying there's... There's a lot of poor people in Eretz Israel. Collect so much money. There's a, there's a lot of poor people. Uh, if they didn't have so many poor people, I don't know, you know, what would be all the Jewish newspapers filled with all these uh, uh, things. But but anyway, but but the point that I'm trying to make is, what does it help us to learn this story if it really doesn't apply to us? It may have applied a couple hundred years ago when Jews were genuinely much poorer. And yes, it was not unusual for someone to... You know, you'd walk from one city to the next and you'd want to stop off somewhere. And there was much more opportunities for chesed. So how do we really 
understand this idea of chesed. How does this story really resonate with us? Okay. And people might not be financially poor, but poor otherwise. I understand, but this story isn't dealing with anything like that. Right, but this yeah. story is dealing with someone who is financially poor or a stranger, and Avram is taking care of the stranger. He's giving them, and that is Hachnosas Orchim. So, is there a way that we can practice it today or not? That is yeah. one of the issues we're going to address. That's a general question, but then we'll get more into the details of this. Well, the Gemara Shabbos makes a great uh, statement over here in source number two over here. And we learn from, the Gemara says, Gidola hachnosas orchi me kabolas penei Hospitality for guests is greater than receiving the divine presence. Because one of the versions of the story is where Avram says, Vayomar, and he says, uh, Hashem, he says, uh, uh, If I find favor in you, don't pass. What does that mean? That Avram is leaving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So he says, wait until I take care of the guests. And the Gemara says, come and see that the aptitude of Hashem is not like that of flesh and blood. The attribute of flesh and blood, people, is such that a less significant person is unable to say to a more significant person, wait until I come to you. <coughs> While regarded with Hashem, he says, Hashem, you can wait. So, this is what the Gemara is saying, which we have to understand what does this mean exactly. Greater is Hachnosas Orchim than receiving the divine presence. We know that Lutzado tells us God created the world to bestow kindness to man and the greatest kindness you can do to man is to connect with God and be dovuk to God. And Avram is experiencing that right now with Hashem. And that's the goal of Yiddishkeit is to get that pleasure. And he's in the midst of that pleasure and he's leaving the presence of Hashem to, uh, to do another mitzvah. And we have to understand, what does this really mean? Okay, well, well, and now let's take a look at the Rambam. The Rambam in the Laws of Mourning, okay, I got it going on both ends over here. We're gonna read this carefully. And uh, Rambam is now codifying in halacha based on this story. So he says like this, Mitzvahs al say shel divrehem. It's a rabbinic mitzvah, levaker cholim, to visit the sick, ulenachem avelim, and to comfort the mourners, ulotziyameis, and to take out the dead for burial, ulahachnis akalan, to bring the kala to the wedding, ulalavos haorchim, and to accompany the guests when you're finished, when they're finished. Uh, with the hospitality you gave them, and to be in, uh, to be engaged in all the needs of a burial, will say to carry the uh, the, the deceased, to walk before it, and to give eulogies, and to dig the earth, to bury him. and also to give joy to a chosn and kala. 
and give them everything they need. And all of these, this is all an act of loving kindness you do with your body, that there's no limit to that, is based in a Mishnah. Now, even though these are all rabbinic mitzvahs, they're incorporated in the overall mitzvah that's biblical of, should love your neighbor like yourself. That which you would want others to do for you, do the same thing to your brethren in regard to Torah and mitzvahs. Okay, that's the beginning. What did he omit from the list? Hosting them for meals. Hosting them for meals. He's he's just picking the last part. Yeah, just the accompanying. What about hosting the meals? Interesting. Let's continue the next paragraph of the Rambam. Schar halavaya. The merit you get for accompanying the guest after the meal. Meruba min hakol is greater than all the ones on this list that we gave you. This is the rule that Avram established for us. And the way of kindness that he conducted him. That is, he would give food to wayfarers, he'd give them the drink, and he would escort them. And now he quotes the Gemara that hospitality guests is greater than receiving the continents of the Shekinah. As it says, the Pasuk, he saw and behold there were three people. And escorting them is greater than showing hospitality. The rabbi said, anyone who does not escort a guest, is as if he murdered him. Okay, let's unpack this Rambam. Let us unpack this Rambam. I have come up with at least six questions on this Rambam. Does anybody have any questions besides the first one? that he omitted escorting guests in the original list, in spite of the fact that later on he quotes Chazal that saying showing hospitality for guests surpasses even receiving the divine presence. Okay, you have any other... It just seems counterintuitive. You think the big thing is hosting and having them, not just accompanying them when they leave. It doesn't seem like such a big deal. That it should be made... Yes. What In other words, how do you understand that accompanying the guests is greater than all the others? So let's think about this. Most likely the ladies uh, will uh, appreciate this more. How many hours does it take you to cook, set the table, go shopping to Sobeys? First, going shopping doesn't mean just going to the store. It means driving to the store, putting the stuff in your carriage, taking it out of the carriage, onto the conveyor belt, from the conveyor belt, back into the carriage, 
from the carriage into the car, from the car into the house, from the house into the cupboards and into the fridge, and you haven't even begun cooking. Okay. And what husband does is just walk them down the block. Absolutely. And now, and now you're cooking and this and setting the table. And we have here South Africans and Svartim, which are the way uh, overboard in taking care of guests. I mean, the Ashkenazim are okay too, but, uh, you know, and the Indians also, whatever. So, okay, so that, ah, that's okay. And now you see them to the door, you walk them to the thing. Whoa, that's greater than everything. Hard to understand all that we did and you and more than that and the reward for this is more than all the other things on the list yeah. all these other things more than them on the list fascinating now let's go back for a minute and look at the Gomorrah what was the source that greater is to have hospitality than to receive the divine presence of God so we had it First one from day. here, by Yomer Hashem He said, Hashem, if I find favor, has wait for me. From here, the Gemara, the Talmud, and Shabbos says, We learn it from which words? He said, Don't pass, let me go, and don't leave me. That's the source. Rambam doesn't quote that. Rambam says, he saw three men. Why is he not quoting the text that the Talmud quoted? Or at least say, as they say, v'chulo, etc. So that would include the rest. But he's not including that, so why is he not doing that? And then if you don't accompany your guests, it's like you're shedding blood. Now, I could understand maybe if you're in Harlem and you didn't accompany the guest, I, I get it, okay? But he's saying a general rule all the time. So in Thornhill, you have some guests and you don't accompany them and you're shedding blood. Very difficult to understand. Maybe they're embarrassed for some of the time that they don't feel... Well, also, let's try to understand where, where are we learning this case from? Avram hospitality to... Who is he showing hospitality to? Well, it looked like there were um, strangers, but really they weren't people at all. They were angels. Okay, maybe he didn't know it, but won't you find that kind of unusual that the mitzvah of us having to be hospitable to human beings is learned from on from being hospitable to angels? I mean, would it be that hard for Hashem to have arranged it otherwise? And more real? To, to have, like, real people there? More convincing. You know, like, real people, you know, if, if I had an angel in my house, it would be a lot easier than some people I have in my house. <laughs> I think if, if you've looked over the history of guests that you have had, some have been real winners. <laughs> Especially when they say, my daughter's a little angel, to, to, to put To put it mildly. I mean, Baruch Hashem, most of the time, the guests are okay. But uh, some guests are just downright obnoxious. And uh, I remember years and years and years ago, this was like way back, my early days, 
at Asia Tour. This must have been in the late 1990s. We had this couple over, had a couple kids. And these parents really were very um, challenged in disciplining their children. Mm -hmm. And we did not know that when we invited them. So uh, and these people, what? No, no, present company excluded. <laughs> these people never, never joined the shul. It was whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, first of all, and there's some guests that just never know when to leave. Anyway, so their kids uh, are, you know, you know, you try to host them, and the kids go out, they play in the house. I'm hearing some awful loud noises from upstairs. And uh, their darling little son was jumping like crazy and he busted one of the beds. <laughs> he busted one of the beds. And when the parents find out about it, they go, oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> and then it's, it's like, they're like overstaying the welcome. And I say, well, it's getting kind of late. I want to take a nap. And so they're trying to convince their son that it's time to leave. And the son says, no. <laughs> Why? And you could see that the parents were just not um, capable of um, handling this situation. And this was a long Shabbos already. And uh, this, you know, my, my patience was like really running thin. <laughs> so I go to the kid. I say, hey, you want to play airplane? He says, sure. I said, here, come here. I'm going to be the plane. You're going to be the pilot. I pick him up, and here we go. And I pick him up. I go around once in the house, and then right out the front door, park him out, and that was your plane trip. Have a good Shabbos. And that's how we got out of him. And then after Shabbos, we got to fix the bed. I guess that's kind of a score. Okay, so anyway, but the point is, the point is... You know, humans are harder guests than angels. I can imagine the angels would have behaved themselves. So you'd rather have, you know, have a case maybe with some real obnoxious guests or something like that. So I'm not, we're not saying that Avram, he probably didn't know that they were angels because after all, he wouldn't have fed them food if they're angels. And Chazal say they've dressed up, they, they, they presented themselves like human beings and it looked like they, they were eating food. But uh, at the end of the day, he really didn't do chesed with people. So it's kind of a, an example that falls a bit short of the mark. No, so it doesn't count that he didn't do it with humans. Cause... Well, look, listen, intention is fine, but you'd figure if we have to learn to host people, that Avram would have hosted people. It just would seem to be... A good example, and again, God isn't short of providing examples well, for us. He was recuperating from his circumcision. Don't send the people, send them angels. Start there, and if he gets better, send them. Yeah, but he got. But if God is doing this, he could have done a lot of things. He could have brought a couple people there. You know, it would have been. But anyway, there's. But but it's just if we want this to be the proof. Why couldn't we have figured a better example, especially when all the effort was not even made on a person? It is a bit suspect. Wasn't the issue it was too hot to bring people? I know. That's, there's a lot of detail to all this, but not, notwithstanding all the answers that we've discussed in the past, but at the end of the day, Hashem could have worked out to have people come. And why, why Bedafka was it not people? And how in the world could that make it even a better example? 
So what I want to do is go through a little piece over here. Whoop-dee-doo. Here it is. From Rav David Kronglas, Zichron Levracha, who was a mashkiach in near Yisrael, Baltimore. He died many, many years ago. And I hope this is big enough on the... Oop, you don't have it. I have it. One second. That's the problem when you're dealing with two screens. There we are. Is that big enough? Yeah. That should be big. Okay. I just want to do a little bit because he really... um, expresses this very well. I'm going to skip the first part because he's just asking a lot of the questions that we asked. So let's put it at uh, right here. And really, this is an incredible uh, hop and an insight in Tachnasas Orchim that many of us may not have heard. So he says, Veneer, see where the little arrow is? Veneer, it appears. That Tamu, the reason is Mishum dahachnosas orchim, hu inyan shel chesed vahatov. The concept of hachnosas orchim, one second, yeah, of hachnosas orchim is a kindness and hatova, and doing good for somebody. Hu inyan rachmonas unedovaloreach, and it's a concept of mercy and philanthropy towards a guest. Even though it's a very, very big virtue, even greater than receiving the divine presence, you can't compare it to escorting a guest. That's our question. Now, why can't you compare it? He may ain't tzedakah, unadavah. Hospitality to guests is like charity. It's like philanthropy, or in the Talmudic expression, nahama de kisufa, bread of shame. Let me explain to you what is behind this and what's going on. The attribute of chesed that we all are trying to develop, remember, l'cha Hashem ha-gedulah ha-gevurah v'tiferes, Chesed is the first of the seven spheros of action. It's the right hand. Kindness. Chesed has an inherent um, negative repercussion that the, the person doing chesed has no intention of having occur, but it's always the collateral damage of doing chesed with someone else. And what do you think that is? The person can't stand being the recipient of kindness. It, it's, it's a, what do you call it, a catch-22. You can't win. You can't win when you do kindness. It's true. Why can't you? Because when you, let's say, let's say it's a beggar at your door. A beggar at your door, no matter how kind you are, and no matter how you're going out of your way to help you, Honestly, the more you go out of your way to help you, the worse he feels. The worse he feels. But what am I supposed to do? The guy is hungry. I'm I'm giving him a meal. But there is a general rule. I forgot who this was. I think it was the Ger Rebbe. It could have been another Rebbe. I think it was the Ger Rebbe. One of his students said to the Rebbe, he says, you know, 
there's this person, he's saying terrible lush and horror about you. What should we do about it? And the Rebbe thinks, he says, I can't imagine why he would say anything bad about me. I've never done him a favor in my life. <laughs> and you may find often in your life the very people that you do so much kindness to are the ones who, who don't want to see you anymore. This explains a lot of things in life. This explains why a lot of so people... So when you lend money to somebody, yeah. he yeah. hates you after that. If you give him money or yeah. things like that, and um, and let's say you're Makar of people, after a while, they don't want to know you anymore because they feel embarrassed before you. That's often what happens. Because really, an individual wants to have self-autonomy. They want to be their own person. So here is the real problem. Hashem says we have to do kindness. If a person comes to you, well, no, you know, you're going to feel bad if I give you, so I'm not giving you. You can't do that. You have to give. But if I give, he's going to feel bad. And this is a major challenge. And that's where regular human kindness falls short and where divine kindness is able to circumvent that problem. There's many ways that this can be done. And one of the ways is, is that you try to make yourself as, invis- as much invisible as possible in the chesed, as much as possible. And to make it seem as much as possible that there's not a trouble for you, you're not going out of your way. And... Um, that's one way difficult. to do this, you know. And uh, that was one class I gave many years ago, yeah. and I've, I've spent a long time discussing this idea. And to be able to, to, really to, to do that. it in a way that you make it seem like the guy's doing you a favor. And we spent a long time discussing why Avram had the guests outside and didn't bring them inside. And if you notice in the psukim, we start the whole section over here, the whole Parsha, there's one name that's missing throughout the entire first five psukim. What word is missing in the first five, six, until this, till they accept to go? What word is missing in the first five psukim? No. She wasn't involved yet. What name is missing? No. Avram. Oh, okay. Hashem appeared to him. Okay, he raised his eyes, right? Okay. And he said, and you know, but you know, but we don't have the word Avram until they say, okay, we agree. And then it finally says, So you see, just with the way the text, it's very strange to start a parsha by just saying, and Hashem appeared to him. Who's him? Well, at the end of last week's parsha, it was Avram who circumcised himself, so you go figure it out. Kind of stylistically, it's very poor. Begin a parsha without even saying the, the object of the uh, subject. But the Torah is hinting to us over here that Avram tried to make himself as invisible as possible. And um, you know, he you know, there's there's as opposed to, and that's we'll explain why later on in the parsha, we have another story of Chesed with Lot and the angels coming to see Lot. And it goes into detail about the kindness there. And the question is, why do you need two stories about kindness? 
And again, this is take much longer than I want to get into, but Avram's is divine kindness and Lot's not divine kindness. Lot is the kindness you do if you're not a divine person. And therefore, when Avram asked the guest to stay, they said yes. When Lot asked the guest to stay, no, we'd rather not. <laughs> and he had to force them, so to speak. But anyway, but that is one idea that we mentioned, that you try to make yourself as small as possible. So you would say to somebody, for example, let's say, and this was a story that uh, I remember Pesach Krom once mentioned. There was a, a struggling Kolal family, and there was another Kolal family that it wasn't struggling so much, and they really wanted to help the guy out. But they didn't want to shame the person. So what he would do is, the, the wealthier guy would go to the supermarket, he'd take like 20 cans of tuna, and he'd throw them on the ground and dent them. And then he'd put them all and then come home and go to the other call guy and say, you know, I was in the Safeway or whatever, and it was a real big sale on tuna because it was damaged cans. But it's perfectly all good. And instead of $4 a can, it was 50 cents a can. I figured I'd buy you 20. No. I bought 20 for myself. I get 20 for you. If you give me uh, $10, you know, that's what it costed me. $10? Well, sure! But really, he spent $80 on it. Now, that is genuine kindness, and the guy will never feel bad that he did the kindness for him. He received it. Right? He, rece he received it, but he didn't think you gave it to him. Right? Or let's say you go to somebody and says, can you do me a favor? My, uh, I had a big party, had a big barbecue. I got so much leftovers. Just me and my wife, we're gonna throw it out. Please, it's not, you gotta have it. So you got eight kids, and just take the, all the hamburgers. This, this, you really would do me a favor to do this. I'd feel terrible throwing it. Okay, I'll do you the favor. So you got to make yourself as, as, as invisible as possible, which is still not always so easy. But that's one idea we spoke about in the past. But now let's see from Ref Kronbrass, and let's just take another, and see how, what he adds, and he says, no, there's a part, you're right, that the whole idea of having guests is a challenge, but there's still something you can do. So let's come over here now. So the problem is, you're, you're giving the guy, you're shaming the guy, you're giving tzedakah. Tzedakah is always a problem. Ches is always a problem. But accompanying someone, hi ha hi this is the opposite. Because what do you do when you're escorting somebody? No senes kovod chashivus You are giving honor and importance, great importance to the guest. Malavan also you escort him. Kamosha malavan lamelech, like you escort a king. Isn't escorting something different? Does it cost you anything? What are you really doing when you're escorting a person? You're giving him honor. Now, that guy who has to come to your house to have a meal, he feels bad enough, no matter what you're gonna do, and you're gonna, mamish, you're not gonna be condescending, and you're gonna make yourself as little as possible, and this and that. At the end of the day, he feels terrible. So you gotta do something to do the opposite of that. You gotta say, I think you're really important. And how are you important? I'm going to escort you to your home. Now, in the olden days, that was really a special thing. 
because what you're doing is, first of all, you're, you're giving him something that he won't get. When's the last time anybody wants this guy, want to be around this guy? This guy's a loser. The fact he's a pauper and has to come to your house, and it's like, you know, you, you could be the greatest guest, a host. Okay, it's time to go. Bye. But he said, you know, let me walk you home. Like an airplane. Now when you, when you, oh, it's like, like what do you mean? The boy. <laughs> oh, well, not exactly. But, but, but the idea is, you know, let's say, let's say somebody's coming from the airport and you pick them up. Do you really need to pick them up? Can't they take a taxi? You know. That's the worst can't, gift. Can't you, can't you pay for the taxi? <laughs> the airport guest. Right? But if you come and pick them up, you're saying, you're making the guy feel choshev. So this is something, the meal, he has to have the meal because he's starving and he really needs the meal and you have to give him the meal and he feels lousy that you gave him the meal. But if now you're treating him like your friend and you're escorting the fellow, the guy's very, you know, he just didn't want to get rid of me. He really thinks I'm a valuable person because he wouldn't spend the time with me. You follow? You, you hear what's going on over yes. here? Now, why are you honoring him and why does he deserve your honor? Look what he says. V'chach roi leos, and that's the way it should be. Sherehut selam elokim, every Jew is in the image of God. Every Jew is an ambassador of God. Every Jew is an ambassador of hope, life, and kindness, and goodness. No matter how poor the fellow is, he's an ambassador of God and deserves your honor. And he's a child of the Almighty. Therefore, you should greet them when they come. And to escort them when they leave. He's adding another thing. Greet them. You know, don't say, well, you know, my, my, I'm at 452 Spring Gate and I'll, meet, I'll see you there. You know, maybe the guy won't know the way. You go out and wait outside for him and look because maybe he'll lose his way. And you give him a big greeting, bring him in. Even though the Gemara says Levaya, but it's, it's fascinating. You see how uh, this tzaddik understood it. It's not just escorting the guest out of the house. It's escorting the guest into the house. You see how he said, that's what he's saying. Yeah. He says, Greet them when they come into the house. And then to escort them with all the honor. So really, you're sandwiching the meal in the middle of the honor. You come out and you say, you know, I, you know, it's, my, it's hard to find my house. Uh, you know, I'll wait at the corner for you, and I'll show you the way it is. Sometimes it's not easy to find someone's house. They didn't have GPSs in the old days, and you want to go to the guy's house, you don't know what. A lot of homes in the old days didn't have addresses. This is a modern convention. It's only maybe I don't know, two hundred years old. How did it used to be? Well, we're the seventh house after the red house and the green house and this and that. You know, like when you when you um, book a vacation to one of these more exotic places, they, you know, VRBO or whatever, uh, they have, uh, what's the other site? Uh, Airbnb. Airbnb. You know, sometimes you go, 
If you go, go to these places in the Bahamas, there's no addresses. So they tell you, you know, you just uh, you follow the Queen's Highway and just go about three miles and turn off left and you'll find it. And you don't find it. And it's dark at night. So, so if you're a good host, I mean, the guy's paying, right? You wait at the airport for the guy and you drive him because you know he's not going to find it. And you already feel like, oh, I'm somebody important. Right. So what's, what's interesting, it's not just greeting the guest, taking the guest and accompanying him out. It's bringing him in, which is another uh, way of looking at it. So you really, if you're starting with kavod and you're ending with kavod, then the middle can get sandwiched in and won't be seen so much as you're doing the guy, the guy's a nebuch. So you follow what's going on over here. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like you want the guy to feel like a million dollars before he comes into your house. You know, oh, we're so happy to see you. It's amazing. We're going to have an amazing Shabbos with you with us. And you start walking into your house. And the kids are so excited to see a guest and this and that. Because with me, I'm, 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 I'm nobody. This guy thinks I'm special. So once you, that, that, that first part of feeling like a loser and being treated like a loser, it's gone. And then you have the meal, and then the meal's over, and it's not like, oh, you can go by. It's, okay, and I, let me walk you to the corner. I'll make sure you know which way you're going, this way, this or that way. The guy feels like you're giving him cover. That's a whole separate mitzvah. We learn from this, giving honor to people. Godol may avasabrius is greater than loving people. We find many cases. We see a lot of people engaged in charity and acts of kindness. Anoshim believe tov men with a good heart. But it comes to giving honor to creatures. They're very weak. The guy will give you the fanciest meal in the world. Gorgeous, everything. But they don't give you a lot of respect. They don't talk to you at the meal. You're just there. They don't, you know. It's, that's much harder. Why? To give honor to someone? Kasher yoser militein stoka. Harder, much harder than to do tzaka and chesed with people. Unless the guy's very stingy. But people are generally not so stingy. It's easier to give tzedakah because all you're doing is giving. You don't have to be sensitive. Yes, you can make an amazing meal and serve him a lot of food. That's relatively easy. But to make the person feel like a million dollars... That takes effort. You gotta be a little bit clever. You've gotta make some effort into that. And that's much harder. And honestly, it takes a lot more of your emotion. You know, that already is it's a tougher part of the mitzvah. You follow? You know, so and therefore, especially nowadays, where really having guests isn't really so hard at all. You know, it's so interesting, you know. I again I, I hate to sound so uh so uh, what's the word? Uh, not negative. Cynical. But, uh, cynical. Uh, yeah, you already knew. How did you? Who said that? You said that? she knows. Me. You know, it's like it's like it's like it's like you know you're in, let's say a very wealthy person is hosting an event, 
okay? And they, 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 they give all kinds of accolades to the hostess. And she read a great spread. So sometimes I say to myself, what did she do? The husband wrote a check for $5,000 and they got this chef and that chef and this chef and that chef. And she's just standing over them and watching them. Now, you could say other things about them, but she's not gracious host. She didn't do anything. She just got dressed in this, uh, you know. I'm saying in terms of the meal. Because what, now, it's not like Esther, who would mama sweat over and five salads, and she spent four hours, and, 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 the, and the food is dripping with her Spartac love, you know, and you can feel the love in there. They say, oh, that's a hostess. But if Esther just, uh, but if Shmuel, you know, wrote a check for $5,000 at a Chinese sushi maker, and this a big deal, what did Esther do? She put on a dress and it looks nice, you know. No, 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 I'm, no. I'm, I'm just saying that part is the relatively easy part. That's what I'm saying. Now, a real hostess, so, you know, when you have these affairs, you've got these very wealthy people come and you got these real nebs who come. The good hostess will pay more attention to the nebs than to the wealthy people who come to these events. Now, that's a hostess. That's usually you won't find when you go to these types of events where obviously they're fundraisers and they have to give honor to the wealthy people, and the poor people get ignored. But, but anyway, but that's, uh, but you understand, it's much harder to give a person covet. It takes a lot more effort. Okay, okay. Ulechei, oh. Now we understand a mission prekeyavos. It says, Eizeh who is an honored person? Who's a person who gets honor? One who honors other people. How do we know this? The Pasuk says, those, Hashem says, those who honor me, I will honor. That's a strange Pasuk. We said, who is an honorable person? A person that honors other people. So where do you think the honor is going to come from? From the other people, no? If I give honor to all you guys, Who's, let's say, if the, I'd like to be the honorable guy. Who is that guy? guy who gives honor to everybody else. Now, what, what does that mean? I give you all honor, you're going to give me honor back. No. If I treat you with honor and respect, you'll probably give me honor back. No. But that's not what the Pesach says. Hashem says, Hashem says, those who honor me, God, I will honor. What does that mean? And the Mephoshim explain, what, I, what does that mean? Hamachubin, who the guy gets honor, says, Shacheri machabdim Others who give them honor. Not that he honors others. And he answers, What is the real mechubad? Someone who really has honor. Now what's, where does real honor come from? Does it come from any one of you? It's, it's subjective. But where does it come from? Hashem. He's honored in Hashem's eyes. If you give honor to other people, then Hashem says, If you honor me, I will honor you. Why? Because when you honor other people, you are honoring Hashem. Because other people are in the Tselem Elohim. So when I honor you because of the divinity inside of you, who am I really honoring? I'm really honoring Hashem. And when you honor Hashem, Hashem's going to honor you. And that's what happened when Rabbi Eliezer was sick and his students came to visit him. 
And he said, Rebbe, teach us the ways of life that we should merit. He said, be very careful with the honor of your friends. So what do we see? How great is the honor of giving friends to others. And also you learn from Rabbi Akiva's students. They didn't give cover to each other. That's why they got punished. Why? Because when they didn't give cover to the others, they really weren't giving cover to Hashem. So now we begin to understand and all the questions. Let's take a look at the questions and see if we will be able to answer them all. Oh, there's one other thing. I, I think we had it right at the bottom of the second sheet. You have... No, no, not that. Uh, right over here. Moran Bob Metzia. No, we did that. Mishle. Uh, it says in Mishle, Tov aruchas yerek va'avasham, better a meal of vegetables where there's love. And this is not, we're not talking about uh, health food people. Vegetables <laughs> in the days of, of King Solomon is like cheap food. You know, you know, just like a watercress sandwich. You know? Better than that, but there's love. Mishor avus v'sinabo. A fat cow rib steak. But there is not love over there. And the Medrash picks up and goes into a great deal. Where, where did Shlomo Melech get this from? He got it from his father. When Avshalom revolted against David, and David had a... Uh, had, uh, no, uh, was it David or Shlomo? One second, let me just look again. Oh yeah, no, it was... Uh, one second, I just want to make sure who I'm talking about over here. Uh, it was when uh, Shlomo himself, when the king of Ashmedai, the demon, the demon, there's a medrash that the demon took Shlomo out from being the king. So he was uh, going on his own. So he was, uh, he needed to have hospitality from people. So he meets one fellow. And uh, he's like, Shlomo's going around like a, the king, but in absence over here. And he needs some food. And the guy says, oh, my master, please eat by me today. And he goes to him and he mamish gives him the best food in the world. Amazing, amazing. And then they start talking about politics and the kingdom. Says, oh, yeah, I remember when you were the king, how glorious things were, this and that. And, and Shlomo's starting to cry. He says, you're reminding me of my Taurus, that what I'm missing, I feel so terrible. And then the next day, another guy invites him. He says, so, so are you going to treat me like the other guy? He goes, no, no, I'm a poor guy. I don't have much to offer. I can just give you some vegetables. But then when he, when he gives him the vegetables, he says, listen, you know, Hashem made an oath to your father that the kingdom will never leave his house. So no matter what it looks like now, you know for sure Hashem's going to bring you back and you'll have your kingdom and that's when he started off and says, it's better to have vegetables with someone that you love than a rib steak by somebody that you don't, that doesn't love you. So now let's take a look at the questions and answer a lot of them. And then we'll have to discuss one more thing as time will allow. So what were some of the questions we asked? How are you able to perform mitzvah nosas orchim nowadays? The answer is there's no shortage of people that you can give a meal to. But there's a shortage of people who suffer from a lack of self-esteem. There's no shortage of that. There's no shortage of people who don't see a future in their lives. 
people who is all kinds of situations that we can be aware of. People are not financially poor. That's Paul. What you were thinking to hint to, but I didn't. You know, you were, but you didn't have it nailed down. You have it nailed down. But people are so emotionally poor, and they can be the richest people and the most emotionally poor people. They can be people that, especially as as people get older. And uh, their opinions aren't uh, that important. I remember there was an elderly person once told me that uh, kind of complained, a person like in their 80s and was, you know, the, the, the patriarch of the family, but said, yeah, I'm the patriarch, but nobody asks my opinion about anything. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm, I'm so old, nobody, nobody cares for my opinion, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and that kind of person, you wow, they got grandchildren, this and that, they must, you know, but is there anybody that really gives them an ear, except what things they have to do? You know what I'm, what I'm talking about? Do you think there's a shortage of impoverished people in Thornhill? So it's not the food they need from you. They need somebody who's going to just give them love and, and a good word. And that, you know, regardless if you're going to escort them specifically, and that's what I'm saying. It's not limited specifically to escort, but it's you know, how you invite the person and how you say, well, we're so looking forward to having you and this and that. We haven't had guests in such a while and I heard you're such a wonderful person and this, uh, whatever, whatever you have to say to make it happen. So that is definitely how we could do it. And really, you know, you have to look at, I'm not saying you shouldn't invite your friends and to socialize with your, that's part of it. But no, that's not Hachnas or you're allowed to do it. I mean, it's a nice thing to maintain friendships with people, but you have to really do this mitzvah. Remember, Avram was looking at the door waiting to find them. So these people are not going to come by your house. These are people that are the not invited people in this world, the whatever you term you call these people, the nebi people or whatever word you want to say, the lonely people, whatever. But those are the people that you can still do really not so much the hachnosas orchim, but the escorting, escorting to be with them. Okay? So that's why it really, that's why when the Rambam starts the list, he doesn't put down hachnosas orchim. He doesn't put it down because it's not really the main thing. Really, the main thing is the lavaya, the escorting them, right? I we said it's such a small act, and you spend so much time preparing the meal. All the time preparing the meal just makes the person feel rotten. You made this big meal. You made a big fuss over them, and they don't want you to make a big fuss over them in that way. They want your love, and that's where the lavaya. Lavaya really means to accompany. To be connected. So you can, you can be, you know what they say, you can be a, in a room with a thousand people and be alone. Right? There's a kiddish, it's a kiddish going on and all the friends talk to all the friends and here's Mr. and Mrs. Neb that nobody goes over to them and they're just sitting there and seeing everybody's having a good time and nobody talks to them. Right? So now there's no Mitzvah Lavoya over this. That, that, that's where the Lavoya has to come. So now, why did the Rambam use a different source than what the, the that the Medrash said? The Medrash said, Hashem, he said to Hashem, please wait while I leave. Rambam doesn't bring that Pusker. What Pusker did Rambam bring? He saw three people. What does that mean? Well, the answer is, he's saying, listen, you know when you're davening, when you're davening, are you, davening Shmonesre, are you, are you supposed to look around the room? 
She's not supposed to look around because you're talking to God. When Hashem was with Avram, that is like 10 times even greater than davening. And what's Avram doing? Looking He's around. looking around. <laughs> Why is he looking around? Because, you know what? Because that's really what it's all about. That the fact that he was looking, not that he ran to the three guests, not that he saw the guests and now he's saying Hashem to wait. Even when he's with Hashem, he knows there's more important things that have to do. You understand? And therefore you understand why if you don't have guests, if you don't accompany the guests, it's like you're shedding blood. So what was, was there another source over there or somewhere else? Yes, it's a source number over here. Yeah, right over here. Source four. Call a malbim anyone who embarrasses someone in public. It's like you murdered him. Now, did you really murder him? No, but what happens? His face changes colors. If you make the person feel uncomfortable, it's like murdering him. So if you host him and you don't escort him, so what does he have out of the whole thing? Just that he's a nebuch and you had to give him and he now he owes you and feels indebted to you. So without you intending, that's much different than publicly humiliating someone. We're not going to uh, compare the two. If you publicly humiliate someone, but still it's like you shed his blood. Why? Because you embarrassed him. So when you, when you give a person so much and he feels like he's the receiver, without you intending, you're humiliating him and by escorting him, that sandwiches and takes away the humiliation. So if you don't escort him, it's like you're killing him. Ah, yeah, yeah. But what about the story of the angels? The angels, it's angels, it's angels. Well, couldn't we get people over here? So the truth is, the truth is, let's go through the story. I just thought of this uh, when I was preparing the class. I hope Hashem gave me the right shot. Avram thought there were people. Did he think there were people the whole time? When did he know they weren't people? Then they'd start telling him the... They said, you're going to have a child in a year. Now, no person can tell him that. No person can tell him that. And he asked him, by the way, where are you going? We're going to stone. We're going to stone. We're going to stone for We're going to... Yeah. Whatever. No, no normal person goes to stone. So he, he knew they were angels. I, I guess, I guess the whole Achnesis Archim was a waste. <laughs> was it? No. No, because what was still yet to have to do? To escort them. And guess what? An angel doesn't need food. But is an angel any less a creature of God than a human being? No. If, if I honor a human being, it's like I honor God, Yeah. So if I honor an angel by escorting an angel, am I not honoring God at the same time? Yes. And that's what we learn from. That's what we're learning from. Because if we're saying Achnasas Orchim is so amazing, but listen, the escorting, really, really what's happening is like this. Yes, escorting is greater, but, uh, I'm sorry, a hospitality is greater, but not a hospitality that kills a person. Do you understand the tension here? Greater is Achnasas Orchim than receiving the continents of Hashem. What are you talking about? We just explained that if I have to give, I give to the poor person, he feels terrible. 
So how could that be greater than, than getting Kabbalah's Pnei Shechina? The answer is, if you just leave it, Tachnosas Orchim, without the accompaniment, then it was just Chazak. When you accompany him and get, show him the covered, then like retroactively, not even retroactively, if before he comes in the house, you make him feel like a million dollars. And when he leaves the house, he feels like a million dollars. How will he translate the food you're giving him? Part of the covered that you're giving him. Do you see the difference? Yeah. If I give you such honor before you come into my house and I'm feeding you, they're not looking at these guys giving me food because I'm a hungry loser. It's just, he's continuing the honor. I felt like he, he really was showing me respect. He showed respect by making sure I knew how to get here and by smiling when, before I came into the house. He, he said, and after it's 11th or night, he walks me halfway home. So of course he's going to understand the food in the middle is part of the honor. It's not the food, just like Shlomo Melech. When the guy told him, don't worry, it's, you're going to come back. You're going to, and all he had was vegetables. Do you understand the profoundness of the Rambam here? The Rambam saying, yes, Hachnosos Orchim is greater than accompanying Hashem. But you better be careful, because Hachnosos Orchim can humiliate the guy and kill the guy. But when I escort him, then the Hachnosos Orchims are really Hachnosos Orchim. Do you understand? Because that makes a contradiction. He said, greater is Hachnosos Orchim than, 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 than Kabbalah's Pnei Shechina. Wow! But you tell me escorting is better? If you look carefully, he says, the schar of escorting. What's the Rambam's expression? He says, where is this? Where is it? He says, he says, the schar of the, he says, is greater. The schar, the reward, schar halavoya maruba minakol, the reward for the Lavoya. Because why? Because then the Lavoya shows that the Hachnosos Orchim was really greater than Kabbalah's Pnei Now, where did Avram learn to do all this from? Hashem. He learned from Hashem how? Because Hashem created the whole world and nobody knows he did it. Wow. Like I always That's like to say, Hashem has the full right to put a stamp on everyone's forehead that says, made in heaven. Mm-hmm. But if he did that, you'd be so ashamed. You'd never be able to, to deal with it. Okay, that, and Hashem removed. So Avram, he learned from God. Olam chesed yibona. Tell him. Uh, the world is created with chesed. Divine chesed. So now what's divine chesed? This becomes the way that even if you... Like we, uh, in addition to what we said years ago, that he made himself like nothing... Here, you don't have to make yourself so much like nothing, but really you are because you're giving the guy so much honor. If I push him, I stuff him with honor on the front end, and I stuff him with honor on the back end, and I put food in the middle, he's going to feel I'm honoring him the whole time. He doesn't even feel like he got a meal. It was all part of the honor. And nobody gets offended getting honor from people. And why am I doing this? What's my motivation? Because he too is in the cell networking. That's it. That's it. Yeah. How come all the prayers that we pray, all saying so much about Hashem, you, you, you did this, you created the world, you did that, you did that. We acknowledge, but he doesn't tell us. I know. It's our recognition, our recognition. But but Hashem doesn't like that. 
No, no. If we uh, will, we'll, if we will admit it, if it's not rammed, if it's not rammed down our throat, we don't mind it. And Hashem doesn't force us to acknowledge it. If we choose to acknowledge it, that's a wonderful thing. That's why the Gemara says, um, when you're a guest, you should say, you know, everything the guest did, he did for me. But the guest doesn't tell you that. Uh, the host doesn't tell you this. The guest says, everything that the host did, he did for me. But that's for him to say it, not for the host to say it. So let's just end with a, with a story over here. Where is this story? With Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. So Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, the great Sadik of Yerushalayim in the early 20th century. So one pace after some guests from Chutzarts came to visit Yerushalayim. So he wanted to stay by Rabbi Yosef Chaim and his family for the first days of Pesach. And of course, he graciously agreed to their request. He brought them to his home. So just to be cordial, the guests offered the rabbi some money to help defray the costs of hosting them for Pesach Seder. It's matzahs and wine and this and that. And much to their surprise, he immediately accepted their offer. So they gave the rabbits in, in those days, five liras sterling, and they settled in their rooms. And in those days, that was a lot of money. A lot of money. And the rabbi said yes. And they, you know, and they were wealthy guys. They were full So it's They're going to leave. They're taking their leave of the rabbi. They're about to leave. Rabbi Sonnenfeld suddenly appears at the door and gives them the five liras sterling back. So I said, what's this? He said, if, did you want it or you didn't want it? He said, I never wanted it. But if I would have taken it, you would have felt you were imposing on me. When I, you paid for it, to you feel okay. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take an extra portion of rib steak, an extra portion of this. Or after all, I paid for it. So if I paid for it. I'm entitled. I, I don't feel bad. If you're doing a favor for me, ugh, I feel bad. The rabbi doesn't have so much money, but I gave him five liras sterling. So he's probably making some money on the deal. I'm probably doing him a favor. So the whole time the rabbi's enjoying the meal, and now they got the five liras back. He said, I never wanted them to begin. So that's that's how you give people honor. Shem should help us to to. This is the divine way of doing chesed. Okay, shkayech everybody. Thank you.